Hello, I'm Kieran Hanrahan, and you're very welcome to the Tradfest podcast. We're taking ever closer to our Tradfest festival here in Dublin between January the 22nd and January the 26th. I'm speaking to you today from Ivy House on St. Stephen's Green in Dublin. This beautiful building is the home of the Department of Foreign Affairs in Ireland, and we're very grateful to them for the use of their base to launch Tradfest 2020. On this week's show, we have one of our festival's headliners, Hot House Flowers. They'll be playing at the Olympia Theatre on our opening night, Wednesday the 22nd of January, and they'll top a bill that also includes the Screaming Orphans plus John Bowden and the Remnant Kings. The Hot House Flowers have been one of Ireland's biggest bands over three decades and although they're known around the world for how they blend soul, funk and rock in Ireland, we know that trad is also a massive part of their story. I'm delighted to be joined by Liam and Peter of Hot House Flowers now. Lads, thanks a million for joining us. Good to be here. Great, now, fantastic. question, yeah. uh, when I say you're here, you're here, you will be here at Tradfest as Hothouse Flowers this year, and I, I yes. mean that in the nicest possible way, yeah. because we met you with a group called Ray last year. Can you explain the difference between the two bands, or how they work together? Well, Ray, uh, myself and Lima and Ray with uh, Etna Nikohan and um, Cormac Begley and Matthew O'Cassidy. Um, we formed because Liam um, and Michael Keegan Dolan started an amazing show called Rian um, many years ago. 2011. Yeah, so Liam kind of set a band together um, for dance, for dance music and for, for, um, for that show. And that's how Ray came about. Okay, we know now how Ray came about. Yeah, what it's about a little bit first? deeper than what that. But I get it, because you yeah. had your own history anyway before yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. But what about Hot House Flowers then? How did that actually originally come about? Well, you might have you might remember a, a, a competition called Sloga. I do indeed. And um, well, so I was I lived for Sloga. That was my kind of outlet for anything at all creative, and it was for anybody. I think with any and with Irish as well. And uh, I always wanted to have a trad band, but never managed to do that. But because there were two great trad bands in my school, um, the Kennys, Noel, and Owen, and Dermot, and then there was Cormac Branagh's class. There were that was the, there were two great bunches, and they were like gods walking among us yeah. in school. I mean, it was a big influence, and they also taught us as well on a Saturday. We used to have classes with them, so it was a very intense thing. There was always room for other kinds of, of musical projects and um, Fiechna kind of called me up and said, would you like to try that kind of blues idea, Trirelge? And so we put together a band called Unfonton. We had a whole higgledy-piggledy group of people. Maria Doyle Kennedy was actually sang with us in the final and we won and we hit some kind of frequency that made me go, I saw the lights along the road towards something. I saw a road and I was able to say to my dad, Dad, you know that idea about college that I've been lying to you about? I don't need to lie to you anymore. It's over. It's over. And, you know, he had a bit of a problem at first. He thought, why don't you just do your college and then do this? And I said, it doesn't work that way. Had to do it. Had to just go and do it. And Peter was around. Peter used to be a special guest for the first couple of uh months of the band you know he was kind of he'd come and he'd be our guest and then we had another bass player and then Peter replaced him so that that's how 
that came. And then we've been through all kinds of uh, hoops and ladders and snakes and uh, we've survived it all and we're still making music. We're still exciting ourselves hugely like we played in St. Luke's in Cork last week and we just had a great night, just had a great night. So, so how then did you evolve from Fjontan to Hot House Flowers? Well, it was, uh, it was just, we, we, the, ener- like the excitement was already there and I suppose the question could be why didn't we just keep on Fjontan? And I don't know the answer to it. I suddenly thought about that myself. I went, why did we do that, actually? Why did we feel obliged to put the English name on it? and to? Because all of Funton was through Irish. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, it was. I suppose we just chickened out. Really. Okay. <laughs> Went for the cheap sell. <laughs> no, no. When you're taking part, of course, in Slogo, which is no more, sadly, but yeah. it has been replaced by Sheen's Grayling. Mm. It's very interesting that really the origins of Hot House Flowers came through there mm. because there's an awful lot of fantastic young bands now coming through yep. the mm. Sheen's Grayling competition. Mm-hmm. Indeed, uh, Neve de Burka, mm-hmm. who was very much involved and had just retired uh, yes. in the last couple of months from mm. there. But it's amazing the work that Grayling have done to mm-hmm. sort of make people aware of developments, really, and up-and-coming developments in Irish traditional music. Oh, it's amazing. Even this year, we were at the FLA in um, Drogheda, and it was amazing, just mm. amazing, feeling the energy from the kids on the streets to the parents running around after them. Mm. You know, seeing parents running around with chairs <laughs> yeah. so their kids could sit and busk on the streets. It yeah. was amazing. So, like, there's, there's huge energy going around, huge, through schools and through competitions like that, just through people. A lot of great people around just making it happen. Funnily enough, though, we did knock on Gaelin's door and says, look, we've got a song and it's in Irish and it's a big gospel song. And and we have another song and it's in English and it's dancing in the streets. And it was before David Bowie and Mick Jagger got the idea. We had it and it was hot and uh, Gaelin didn't bite. Didn't they? They didn't bite. So at that time, I mean, the whole so that recording. could have been the that could that that's probably partly you know because had they bitten, that might have been a different road we might have gone down. Mm. Mm. And that whole process now, anyway, of recording and get the stuff out there, that has changed completely yeah. too because you were sort of indebted almost to uh, record companies, hoping that they would pick up on what you were doing artistically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, Different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Now there's such you know there's people you know we could we could make a record here now. You yeah. know, so it's just now it's possible. People know it's possible. Years ago, it was just a whole load of companies. Um, and illusion going with it as yeah. well, because it's, it's, it's good when people think things are impossible, because then the, the guy in the suit can say, well, yeah, you, you can't do that without me. Mm-hmm. And so when that's, that illusion is broken, because even then, like, field recordings are some of the best recordings you'll get, and that's just a microphone like we're using now. You know, and still, it's 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 recorded in a bar or or literally in a field or somewhere. And but one of the first records I had was a record called Prosperous that Planksty recorded, almost pre-Planksty. It was it was very early, but that had a feeling of just um, it wasn't particularly a studio album, but there was just something magical happening, and it was captured fairly um, primitively, but it's still a great album. That possibly maybe due to the, the individuals involved and that sort of the, the, the sort of mindset that they had amongst themselves mm. in traditional music. Yeah, and you can hear the room. You can actually hear wherever they record it. You can hear the room in, the, in it, and that I think people search for. 
they always search for a great room and something that's natural. You know. It's interesting you mentioned a great room. I last heard Hot House Flowers performing at Tradfest a few years ago in uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Mm. And I must say, it to me, it struck me as being one of the great gigs of Tradfest in mm. my certainly 10 years involved. Mm. We're 15 years running Tradfest this year. To me, it was one of the great well gigs. How was it for yourselves? Fantastic. We, yeah, I mean, hats off to Paul Ash Brown. I think, I think he may, he, he kind of, he watched our backs sound-wise because a, a church and a rock band don't always go well together. And a cathedral and a rock band is even more dodgy. <laughs> but, uh the lighting was so great and he had, I think he, he, he cordoned off the drums so that he could control the sound of them and I think that made life easy. So we had a great time, yeah, which art was, it is a gig for us to remember as well, definitely. No, I mentioned that a few years ago and I'm just curious about the work schedule of Hot House Flowers. Are you full time on the road or do you pick your times when you want to get out there and do a few gigs or how, how does it work for you? Have you planned? Peter. It's like a bag of dolly mixtures now, you know, there's, there's a, lot of go, a lot of stuff going on. We're just open now to, um, to being individual, to being duos, to being trios, to being five, you know, we're kind of open now without any um, vibes, you know. So th that enables it to happen like that. You know, we had a very busy year doing a lot of one-off things. Um, it, it probably looks like we're not particularly on the scene, but we're busy and we're having, you know, there's magical nights all over happening. Well, I mean, you mentioned St. Luke's and Cork. To me, I, have, I haven't seen you as visible in a long time. So you must be doing a bit more work maybe than you were doing four or five years ago. Or are you? Is that just my own perception? Well, exposure, I think people are now looking they're not waiting for the for the posters to come up they're not waiting for the tv to tell you now media is a different thing so so that that the the the, the searching you find you you can find us now and people are looking more to find out what the band what a band is doing um you know in the old days you were in people's faces if you were a young band and the, the poster campaign started and it was great fun very mm -hmm. exciting but now it's kind of like, for the for us, um, we're a band without a without a big machine behind us. So, but the the beauty is that you, if you go looking, you'll find out what's going on. And so, and now you know, kind of social media has matured in the last ten years. So that, you know, if you're if you're following somebody, then you they're on they're on your news. Mm -hmm. You they're on the news, so they're on your telly. Kind of thing. Mm. But I would say maybe out of all the band members, I may be wrong here, I know Fierkna works in radio, he's a broadcaster there, but Liam, possibly you're probably the most visible as a performing artist. Uh, are you full-time on the road as a, as a performer? Well, it's, it's, it's as Peter says, it's like uh, some years are more one way, some years are more another. I can always say yes without mm. asking anybody else, are they available? Yeah. And... And there's some things I do like doing alone. I just like to go up and I like to be afraid. I like to just to see if I can carry a night on my own as well. And just sometimes it... it, it but, but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm a full-time musician, yeah. Mm. Are you not a singer? Are you not that confident that you could actually carry that full night on your own? Do you still fire everybody? Do you, <laughs> do you still sort of get that fear if you're going to do a solo gig? I know it's not a it's fear is probably the wrong word but it's an excitement and it's kind of like it's to keep the blade sharp kind of thing 
for me. I, 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 I like the challenge of, you know, being spoiled by having Peter with me. Like, we, we have a, an incredible empathy between us. And then being spoiled by having the four others with all of us together. Again, it's, it's, it's the, you know, fusing our sounds, fusing our temperaments and fusing our volume, fusing everything together mm -hmm. and, and coming out on top is, a, so, is such an exciting thing. And for you, Peter, it is completely different. It's almost like the opposite end of the scale when you're not on the road playing gigs. You have another life. I have another life, I do. Um, since I was a young lad, I've always been interested in working with wood in particular. And um, a couple of, maybe five years ago, I got the opportunity to, um, to kind of take that up a lot more seriously. So I've been doing that um, and learning, you know, learning all the time. When I was a kid, when I got my first bazooka in 1980, there was no uh, case with it. So myself and my brother shared the bedroom and I took it upon myself to build a case in the bedroom. And I was using uh, dovetail joints, which um, there's an awful lot of uh, waste with dovetails because you're cutting. And the bedroom was full of off cuts and bits and bobs and like splinters everywhere you know and my brother he's never mentioned it but uh, he kind of had to put up with me going through this apprenticeship in my own head building this case and I built it um, it was it was it was a strong I think it's still standing but um, so that 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 love was there from a young age so um, luckily I'm able to to kind of come and go with with building as well which, which, is a, which is a passion. Yeah, it's a, well, that's what it sounds yeah, like, actually. Yeah. It's fantastic to be able to head to there yeah. when you're not on the road, because the road can take it out of you in all sorts of ways. Yeah, it's another part of me that, you know, it was always there. When I was actually, when I was even younger, I was fascinated with Bruce Lee. And uh, I loved the, the buildings, the Chinese buildings, and particularly the slate roofs. Mm. So uh, when I was a kid, I built a little box <laughs> that kind of resembled a Chinese building, you know, with my action men. I hope you didn't <laughs> try out much of that Bruce Lee stuff on your brother, though. Well, I did, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Needs most, yeah. I had a, I had a Kung Fu cl uh, school in, my, in the back shed, which consisted of just... A, a fairly loose bag of sawdust. We used to just kick. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hot, hot the start. secrets are all coming. Yeah. By the way, now you're back to play on the 22nd in one of Ireland's great venues, the Olympia Theatre. Are you looking forward to that? That's my favourite venue in Dublin. Um, it, we've had some amazing nights um, playing and going to gigs as well there. It's just it's an incredible place. And uh, there, there will be great atmosphere in, in the, the whole city for, for the festival. So really looking forward to it. Liam, yeah. have you performed in the Olympia previously? Oh, yeah. Mm. So yeah. what is it that attracts, what's attractive about it as a venue? Well, they're gradually putting up more and more pictures of me and the band. So, <laughs> you know, okay. it's building up. I ah, know, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those legendary buildings. It, it was nearly knocked down, I remember, in the 70s. I remember Jack Cruz being on the Late Late Show selling bricks. You know, there was a campaign to buy bricks to, 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 to save the Olympia. sponsor it, yeah. And it was his. Maureen Potter had the Gaiety and Jack Cruz had the oh, Olympia. That's right. And uh, it, was a, it was an exciting, it was an interesting time in Dublin. You know, there was a very clear energies of, of character in the city. And, um, and Maureen and Jack were the, were the holders of that for, for uh, and, uh, in my, at my age... Um, yeah, just a beautiful old, you know, music hall. 
And our Norman Verso has travelled with, travelled with us for the seven years that we were kind of hard at it. Mm-hmm. He was our sound engineer and he was the moving heart sound engineer and would have done Planksty and as well, I think, at times. And um, he's he's the man mm-hmm. of the house now. He's he's Faraday in uh, in the Olympia soundwise and John. There's, there's a there's a gang there that we know from way back, and that's that's another part of it. And they've done up the dressing rooms. <laughs> they, they heard you were coming. <laughs> they did. <laughs> well, for me, I must say, as a venue, anyway, it's very much it's it's alive, really. When you're in there, everybody is so close to you, yeah. and you can just feel that energy from the house itself when you're performing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's when that's Wednesday the 22nd in the Olympia Theatre. The Hot House Flowers will be performing there at Tradfest 2020. We're delighted that you're coming to that. The Screaming Orphans will be playing there and John Borden of the Remnant Kings, he'll be there as well. John Borden, of course, an incredible performer. That should really be an exciting night there. Mm-hmm. A brilliant bill. So we need to get our... So we should get people to say... Go and get your tickets. Yes. Hot House Flowers will be in town with the scri- Screaming Orphans and John Borden. Guys, thanks a million for joining us here on the Tradfest podcast. We look forward thanks, to the gig on the Thank 22nd. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, We're delighted to welcome on stage these two people who actually don't need any introduction, and so I'll keep it brief. Um, they're, well, they're from the traditional community, they're from the rock community, they meld it all together and they produce absolute magic, which they will do on Wednesday, the 22nd of January. We have two members with us now to play, two members, that is, of the Hot House Flowers. Would you please welcome Liam O'Mwenley and Peter O'Toole. Give them a welcome, come on. Thank you. Tahton Hilisha Gawikina Tekadin Kaso Horomoi Vanin Suoso Toriachna Gauna Shao. Mo hirgo bro no so 
right tone How to keep it true to myself Where we are coming from What matters most is us What matters most is now How it comes from where and how Looking forward to the 22nd and well done everyone for putting a lovely night together. So plan, this is called plan B. <clears throat>
took a long time, a long time. It came to me when I needed it so bad.
What about that? Liam O'Moyan, Lee and Peter O'Toole there. They'll be performing with Hot House Flowers on Wednesday, the 22nd of January, our opening big night at the Olympia Theatre uh, for Tratfest. Screaming Orphans will be there, as will John Bowden and the Remnant Kings. Feel the air, beautiful affair.